Good morning, Grace Church. Great to see everybody here today. So excited to be in the house of the Lord, and I'm looking forward to what God has in store for us today. Why don't we stand to our feet, and uh, let's open this service today with just giving God an ovation of praise and worship that He is worthy of, shall we? Let's clap our hands to the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Look at your neighbor and tell him I like your hairdo. Thank the Lord. God bless you. Thank you so much. And you may be seated for a moment. Uh, again, we welcome everybody. Those of you watching Facebook Live, those of you watching our podcast today, our website, thank you so much uh, for joining us today here at Grace Church. A couple of things I want to mention to you. Uh, I would assume that all of you noticed that we have a uh, photo area in the lobby uh, set up for, for you to take pictures. And uh, we'd like to use this as much as we can um, for our church directory that is included with our, our new church app. So uh, feel free to stop by either on your way in or your way out and uh, have somebody take a picture of you and you can upload it to your own uh, personal information on our, our new church app. If you've not downloaded that, uh, we can help you with that information as well. As we have announced for the past couple of services, we're so very thankful and appreciative of a tremendous opportunity that God has given to us in our church to be able to um, put together an advertisement, a commercial, if you will, for our church that will be airing here pretty soon on uh, a number of different uh, various media outlets, uh, social media, etc. And uh, we'd just like to remind everybody that uh, there'll be uh, men walking around the building, uh, very background filming. Please don't be nervous about that. And, uh, but if you don't want to be on the camera, look at the camera. <clears throat> and they'll make sure you're not on the camera. Uh, is that fair? Uh, seriously, we're just asking that everybody be normal. Just do your normal uh, worship and praise. Don't let their presence bother you. They'll be very background, very uh, inattrusive, unattrusive. And uh, so remember that. So welcome to Grace Church today. We're expecting to have a great time in Jesus. Jesus is here today. He's, he's been waiting on us to get here as far as I'm concerned. And I'm expecting to see some wonderful things happen here today. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. God bless you. Brother Dave is coming right now. And then we'll begin our worship. Well, good morning, Grace Church, along with Pastor. Welcome. So glad to see everyone today. Before we begin our worship set, let me just remind you of a couple of things that are coming up this week and in the, in the weeks to come. Uh, first of all, all of you who have signed up to lead a connect group this semester, thank you, first of all. We're glad that you've chosen to be a part. Pastor would like to meet with all of our connect group leaders tonight at 6 p.m. over in the Alexander Center. So please make a note of that, connect group leaders. We're looking forward to visiting with you and uh, looking forward to a great uh, semester with our connect groups. We're going to have a great time. Uh, this coming Tuesday night is uh, First Tuesday Prayer here in the sanctuary at 7.30. We want everyone to come and help us pray, bring your family. 
and let's seek God for a move of God. Amen? Amen. And then next Sunday uh, will be our child dedication Sunday. If you have a child that you would like dedicated to the Lord in that service, you need to get that information to the church office ASAP. And we're looking forward to that service. That's always such a beautiful time dedicating children to the Lord and to the service of the Lord. Uh, so come uh, expecting great things and be in prayer for that service as well. Ladies, the last day to sign up for the ladies' tea is February 22nd. Uh, there is a category set up on the website, on the app, where you can pay. It's $25 a person, ages 12 and up, and that will be held at the Cottage Tea House, Cottage Tea Room, on Sunday, February the 26th. So make a note of that. Finally, ladies, uh, March 9th through 11th is Women's Conference in Tioga. And so we want you to put that on your calendar. Go and be blessed by the ministry in Tioga. Uh, from the district. Amen. Amen. If you got it, say amen. Amen. Stand with me, if you will. It is time to go into the presence of the Lord with worship. The praise team is going to lead us, of course. I thought this morning of the scripture that says, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Are you making that choice today? Will you do that today? Praise team, take us into his presence. Let's worship the Lord together. No rival that could ever stand against your light. You've always been with us. Every battle you've already won, we've already won. There is no weapon that has ever left a mark. There is no army with the power to conquer you. You've always been with us. Every battle you've already won, we've already won. Thank you, Lord. Show me one thing you can do. Show me a mountain you can move. He's the
somebody through somebody here today. I want to to tell everyone, God's not cruel. God's not mean. He's not unjust. He's not unfair. He's kind. He's graceful. He's loving. He's amazing. He's good. If you'll open your heart to Him today, He'll make your life better. Oh, yes, He will. That's what He does. He said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Let's praise Him one more time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Remain standing as you return to your seats. Again, we welcome everybody here today. And uh, 
I have some, a little bit of business to tend to while you remain standing that I am certainly, certainly excited about. Glad to have Kaylee Riddle here today. And she's going to be real surprised that I just called her name. And uh, Kaylee, I just talked to your grandmother and asked for her opinion about this, and she didn't have one. And so we, we both hope you're very forgiving. But uh, Kaylee received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Um, actually, uh, it's been a, a little time back. And uh, we're so thankful, and we always rejoice when people are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when they're baptized, we always rejoice in that. Thank the Lord. We're very excited about it. And uh, uh, Kaylee lives, she lives a little bit of distance from the church, and but we're glad that she's here this morning. And I have a certificate that I'd like to give you because you received the Holy Ghost. Do you mind coming up those stairs? Would that be okay? And uh, we love this family, and uh, we've known your grandparents for a long, long time. And I uh, think y'all are just amazing people. So it's good to see you today. And uh, forgiveness is easier than permission. That's why I didn't ask ahead of time. So there we go. But we want to give you this. It just says that you received the whole baptism of the Holy Ghost on Sunday. That's the day. And from Grace Church of Central. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. God bless you so much. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And um, I love the song that Praise Team just sang. It's perhaps one of my favorites, Jesus for my family. And uh, I've learned a long time ago, when you have Jesus as a part of your family, it changes everything. The dynamics of life changes when you bring Jesus into your home, into your family. And uh, I'm thankful that he is so faithful, that he is so very, very consistent. <clears throat> it is our privilege and honor today to have Brother and Sister Steve Cannon here with us. And um, we've been excited about this for a long time. He's our children's ministry director uh, from St. Louis, our general children's ministry director. And he does an amazing job. Uh, I met him via Bible quizzing. And uh, I commented to him one time that uh, he was interesting to observe, if that's uh, a good way to say it. Uh, of course, as we've said in many, many quizzing tournaments, and, and we've met him at nationals, uh, the times that our team has been. And he has such a, just a, a passion, a tremendous passion, <clears throat> not only for God, not only for the kingdom of God, but for our children. And uh, he is all about Bible quizzing, children's ministry. He wants every child that he knows to come in contact with Jesus. And I mean that sincerely. Uh, we were so appreciative of being asked uh, at his direction uh, to host our children's crusade here uh, last year, last February, I believe it was. And uh, he was here and just watching him engage our children, our young people. I just want to say it this way. He can't help it. That's just who he is. Uh, if, there's, if there's young folks around that just needs encouragement, that needs blessing, Brother Cannon is going to be there 
and do his dead level best to see that it happens. I've watched him celebrate with the winners at quizzing tournaments. I've watched him even walk over to the little table where you get the little trophy for participating when you have finally, you, you've not won enough games to, to stay in the quizzing. And so he meets that team and he loves on those kids as they cry because they were they lost their two games and, and they're, they're done. They're done for the season. And I've watched him love on them. You probably didn't know you were being watched so carefully. Um, he passes out treats and little things and what have you. And uh, I've just really, Sister Murph and I have just really fallen in love with these folks. And we're honored today. He travels extensively. Uh, he's gone at least 45 weekends a year uh, traveling. We're very honored today to have Brother and Sister Cannon, to have both of them here today. Uh, she asked if she could come up and say something, and I told her we didn't have quite enough time for that. The opposite of that is true. Uh, long story for another time. But uh, we're glad you're here, Sister Cannon. Thank you so very much for being here. And uh, wonderful people. Wonderful people. Thank the Lord. So would you welcome Brother Steve Cannon as he comes today to deliver to us the Word of God. Would you open your heart, open your mind, open your spirit. Let the Spirit of the Lord have his way, shall we? Thank the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. It is a great joy to be here today. Amen. It's central uh, at church today. I guess we're in. Uh, I guess we're in Baton Rouge, maybe, but it's called Grace Church, and we're happy to be here. Thank you so much for the privilege and the opportunity to be with you today, to give God praise and thanksgiving for what He has done. And uh, how many believes that God has so much more that He would like to do before the end of time? I believe that. Amen. We give honor to Pastor Glenn Murphy. Thanks for the privilege of being with you. And what a great, great host he has been. He fed us some of the best Cajun food in the world. And so we've been uh, trying to figure out how much uh, we'll be able to preach after eating so good last night. Amen. And also First Lady Sister Paula Murphy. God bless you. It's an honor to be here with you. Amen. And uh, give God praise for them. And a couple of guys that I did pick up on my Bible quizzing endeavor, Joseph and Noah, it's great to be with them. I watched them. Uh, I think they won a national championship one year. I, was very, I think they won it one year, and I was there to celebrate with them. And so it's, it's a great honor to be here with you today. Amen. And also, it is a great honor to be with my wife also traveling with me. We have been married 44 years, 7 months, and 12 days today. So... Hallelujah. I uh, read a story one time, and it said, this guy said, I only have two days in my life. He said, I either have good days or I have great days. And so today, uh, when I woke up and I was alive, that's a good day. Amen. But to see somebody get the Holy Ghost or get healed or delivered or set free, this would be a great day for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's an honor to be here with you. Thanks again for everything. We've been treated very nice, and I appreciate the opportunity. Amen. Let's stand. Let's go to the word of the Lord, and I'll share a little something with you to, today. And uh, see, it's 1134, so maybe I'll get done before the afternoon takes place, you know.
Because if I don't, I'll be calling it morning the rest of the day, if that's all right. Amen. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Acts 16, verse 25. One verse, and I'll share a little thought with you and uh, let you uh, decide exactly what's going to happen. How about that? Amen. Acts 16 and 25, and at midnight, everybody said at midnight. Now, who was up last night at midnight? Wave your hand. Good, great. Look at all these young folks waving hands. I didn't see any grandmas or grandpas up, so that's good. That's really good. Cool. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Everybody say they prayed. If you were in jail, would you be praying? They prayed and they sang praises unto God. Now, I would not like to recommend that singing at midnight in the jail is not probably a very good time to sing. But sometimes Paul and Silas did things that wasn't just normally that they should be doing. They prayed and they sang praises unto God. And all that's good. But my sermon's about the last part of that verse. The Bible said, and the prisoners heard them. I certainly want to praise God loud enough not to hurt anybody's ear. But I want to praise God loud enough because I want to be heard. I want Him to hear me. And I don't know how loud it takes to get that. I don't know. I know one guy one time cried, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they told him to be quiet. You're a little bit out of order. It's not the place to do it. And all of a sudden, he got louder and louder and louder. And Jesus, in his daily routine, was walking and would have passed him by, except somebody got loud, proud, and wasn't worried about what other folks think. You know, I just want to be honest with you today. If there's somebody in this building that is willing to get loud, proud, and don't care what anybody else thinks, then you got a miracle knocking on your door. Well... It's certainly not based on me or my authority, but the only one who can really do miracle signs and wonders is the Lord himself. And when he moves in, I believe he wants to do that. I'm going to share with you a thought, maybe a little confusing for you in a minute, but just stay with me. I hope it'll work out. Somewhere between worse and worst. For all of you who's worried about is the word worse in the dictionary, it is. Paul was in the worst place he had ever been in. He was beaten, in prison, and the Romans had already told him, tomorrow, boy, you're going to find out who we really are. So he knew the worst was yet to come. So he's in between worse and worse. That's my message today. Pastor Murphy, would you pray and ask God's blessing? Amen. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. You may be seated. The word midnight is mentioned some 13 times in the Bible. It's mentioned in Exodus, Judges, Ruth, 1 Kings, Job, and Psalms in the Old Testament. 
It is mentioned in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and three times in the book of Acts in the New Testament. I did a little research, and uh, Brother Murphy, this may be my next book. Uh, the Midnights in the Bible. Every midnight in the Bible that I researched, there was a special God moment that took place. And so I hope it'll be all right. I hope I won't bore you for the next 12 or 14 minutes, but I'd like to go over every midnight in the Bible. Would that be all right? I know this is crazy. I'll try to be swift, and I'll try to get to the point, and I'll try not to overdo you if I can. But the first midnight that was ever mentioned was in Exodus 11 and 4. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt. So what is the first God moment in Exodus 11 and 4? God said, I'm coming at midnight. So they knew what time the clock said, so they had to be ready for that special moment. He said, I'm coming. I've got to be ready. Wouldn't you consider that a God moment? I know he's coming like a thief in the night. I know he's coming. We won't know when he's coming. But I want to be ready when that time comes that he is coming. And he's already said, I am coming. The second midnight was found in Exodus 12 and 29. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote the firstborn in the land of Egypt and the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on the throne upon the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon. Everybody say, in the dungeon. Paul was in the prison. He talked about folks that were in the dungeon and the firstborn of cattle. Actually, what happened, ladies and gentlemen, in the first midnight, the Lord said, I'm coming. In the second midnight, he said, I am here. So the God moment there was he let everybody know that he was coming. And so in the meantime, between the first midnight and the second midnight, Israel offered up a lamb and they got the blood and they put it on the horizontal part of their doors and the vertical side of their doors and the blood was there and when it happened, the death angel passed by at midnight and when he saw the blood on the doorpost, he had to pass over because the blood makes the difference. I want to just pause for station identification. That blood is standing for repenting of your sins, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and being filled with the Holy Ghost. The blood is there. The third midnight was found in Judges 16 and 3, and Samson lay till midnight. And arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of the hill that is before Hebron. I know what you're already thinking. Brother Cannon, you got one you didn't get. You missed this one. Oh, no, I didn't miss this one. I want to confess to you, Samson was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He shouldn't have been there. But ladies and gentlemen, I think there's a lot of folks in this building that's been in the wrong place at the wrong time, and God never forgot you. God saw more about your future than he did about your past. God had a plan for Samson. I know you've messed up, but I'm going to let you feel my power. I'm going to let you feel my spirit. Get the gates of the city. Tear them out because I'm with you. 
Come on, somebody ought to stand and say, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you for me when I was lost. Thank you for covering my sins. It happened at midnight. You can go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and finish up your nap. Ruth 3 and 8 says, And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. We know this story. Boaz is a very rich man, and he's single. And Ruth had been following around, gathering all the grains around the edge of the fields. She had been doing some research and come to find out her husband was kin to Boaz. And her husband had died. And according to law, they could marry the next of kin. Thank God we don't have that now. You know what? That'd be horrible. I've already had three sister-in-laws that's died. So I don't want to be next in line. Our three brothers that's died. All right, yeah. I would, well, anyhow, I'm glad it's not that way anymore. But she slipped into his bedroom and she lay at his feet, not for anything that's wrong, okay? She knew she had a promise. She knew she had an inheritance and that's what she was there for. When Boaz woke up, he was afraid. He knew what she was there for. I'm here to claim my inheritance. I don't know how you feel today when I come to the house of God. I'm here to claim my inheritance. From that moment on, he said, I'll find out who's next in line. He went to another brother that was closer than him. And he told her, he said, you're supposed to marry Ruth. Will you marry her? No, I won't marry her. And he decided he would not. But we know the love story between Boaz and Ruth. They got married, if you please. And they brought forth a son by the name of Obed, which actually means worshiping. Amen. And Obed and his wife had a child whose name was Jesse, meaning gift or the one who is and Jesse had a son by the name of David, which meant beloved. Ladies and gentlemen, I, want to, I just want to give you a revelation, all right? God's interested in this generation. But he's also interested in the next generation. And the next generation. I got the best job at headquarters. I'm trying to pave the way for next year, next decade, next century. Come on, clap your hands. Give God praise. The next midnight, 1 Kings 3 and 20, and she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me while thy handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. The story was simple. Two ladies were sleeping and their children were sleeping with them. One of them rolled over on the baby and it died. So in the night, she switched the dead baby for the alive baby. And it went through all the court proceedings, and it came to Solomon. And he began to hear both sides of the case. Amen. And when he heard the story, he said, just give me a sword. I'm going to cut this child in half. And the real mother says, oh, no, don't cut that child in half. Just give her to her if you want to, but don't kill the baby. And then Solomon realized it took a midnight God moment to reveal truth. Somebody say, thank God for truth. Job 34 and 20, in a moment shall they die, and the people shall be troubled at midnight and pass away. 
and the mighty shall be taken away without hand. I'm so glad to be an apostolic in this world today. God is with the mighty people of the name. Job 34 and 20, in a moment shall they die, and the people shall be troubled at midnight and pass away, and the mighty shall be taken without hand. Could I go ahead and tell you, ladies and gentlemen, our world's in a mess. They don't have the answer. Ladies and gentlemen, I know one thing. Jesus is our answer. And the mighty are going to be taken away. Matthew, or Psalms 119.62, at midnight, I will arise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to wake up every day with a new day because God has something for my future. Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 6 said, At midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Could somebody just wave your hands and say, Jesus is coming soon. He may have delayed his coming so far, but he's coming. He knows what the hour is. No man knows, nor the angels in heaven, but he knows. Mark 13 and 35, it says, Watch you therefore, for you know not when the... When the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or the morning, we can't say he's going to come midnight central time because that wouldn't be true. But whenever he comes, he's going to be, it's going to be at that midnight hour that's there and he's going to come. Luke 11 and 5, I think this is number 10, I believe. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, loan me three loaves. I am possibly sure that everybody is here because somebody invited you to church. I'm so thankful for the friends that made a difference in my life. I am here because I had a friend that told me about Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 20, verse number 7, and we're almost done. This is 11, if it's all right with you. And upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Now, i got to confess to you, Brother Murphy, that preachers are often known as going too long. And I know that I can already read you guys' mail. I spent 36 years with the post office. I can tell what your mail says. (laughs) But I want to give you one small word of encouragement today. If you want to see what God is going to do, don't leave too early. Don't slip out. I just got to go. I got something to do. Ladies and gentlemen, church is the most important thing about this day. I promise you, I'm not going to hold you long. I'm almost to 13 already, all right. But there's one key about this story is, yes, preachers have been called, talked about for preaching too long, and Paul preached, somebody fell out of the window, and somebody died. But if you want to see the miracle, you got to stay around till the sermon's over. If I had to stay here for another 30 minutes to see somebody come up out of the grave, I'm staying. If I had to stay another 45 minutes to see somebody broke through from the chains of drugs and alcohol and depression, I'm staying. Then in Acts 27 and 27, number 12, but when the 14th night was come and we were driven up and down in Adria, About midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country. Ladies and gentlemen, these folks that are carrying Paul as a prisoner, they are so confused. What are we going to do? We can't control our ship. We have no control. 
and it's just deemed out there that we're fixing to crash into an island. Everybody was going nuts, crazy, and somehow somebody called Paul up and says, Paul, what should we do? And I'm sure he said, I thank you for asking. First words out of his mouth was, nobody on this ship's going to die. Now that would be one miracle. But the best miracle was what he said after that. Not even a hair of your head is going to be lost. Man, that's something my shower can't do. My shower can't keep all the hair on top of my head. Every time I take a shower, I'm, well, I don't, anyhow. Man, man. What a promise. And they looked at him like, are you out of your mind? And when he told them, he said, this night, an angel stood beside me. While you were filled with worry, I was filled with faith. While you were filled with confusion, I knew exactly what's going to happen. Aren't you glad to have folks like Bertha Murphy on your team? When you don't know what to do, just hang around the man of God. Just stay close to him. There's a voice at midnight. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for whatever time I spent for the 12. My message tonight is on the 13th midnight. <laughs> Acts 16 and 25 is quite an interesting story. It's a story about Paul and Silas singing praises at midnight. Now, the interesting story is how they got into thrown into prison anyhow. There was a woman that followed them around, and she said these words. She was demon-possessed. But she said these words, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation. Now, folks, let me go ahead and tell you. The devil knows a plan of salvation. But he'd rather feed you alcohol and drugs and all kind of sin out there. He's never going to preach you the truth. Because the devil is a liar and the father of lies. And so Paul just put up with her for a while. This woman made a lot of people lots of money because of what she had done. She would do uh, read people's hands, read crystal balls, tell people's future. They made a lot of money off the woman. But when she kept coming around saying, these men are serving of the most high God, which show us the way of salvation. I know you may question what that is. I think that was the human side of that woman coming out. I don't think it was the devil at all. I think she knew inside of her, these folks are a call of God. They are the people of God. And all of a sudden, Paul stood all he could stand, and he cast the devil out of the woman. From there, ladies and gentlemen, it went all downhill that Paul thought because after that, the men of the city came forth and they asked this lady, come on, help us out. We need to make some more money. Acts 16 and 19 says, and when their master saw that the hope of their games were gone, they called Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. They beat Paul and Silas as much as they could and they threw them in prison. Is it okay if I just stand down here? I won't mess up any video or anything, would it? I'm good at messing up videos, okay? Are you ready to go? This is the last midnight story. The last story of midnight in the Bible. Paul and Silas are not thrown into a prison because they were going 35 in their uh, chariot in a 25-mile zone. They were not there because they stole something off somebody's property. They were there because they cast out 
a devil. They got beat up, put in prison, and this prison is a maximum security prison. How do you know? Well, they got chains on their feet. Why would they put chains on folks' feet for casting out devils? Because that's what the devil likes to do is chain folks up. Uh Uh-oh. Am I sneaking in on you? I'm, I'm sneaking in. They got chains on their hands. Paul and Silas were sitting across from each other. Where you at, Joseph? You here? I said, oh, you're working back there. Hey, Noah, come on up. Help me. Get, up, get on that side over there. I'm, I'm Paul. You be Silas because you don't even like Paul. I know that. I've heard all about it. Get over there and sit down, Silas. Amen. We got chains on our feet. We got chains on our hand. First thing I think Paul probably said to Silas was, you know what? I feel like I'm kind of bound. And were they bound? Yes, they were. I'm probably, they probably felt like, you know, if I could just get around my church folks again. If I could just get with them, I think everything would be all right. But their hands were there. Now, I don't have any record to do this. And if I'm wrong, Pastor Murphy can straighten up everything after I'm gone. All right. I think, I think Paul and Silas tried to clap their hands, but it didn't work. And they tried to put their feet together, and they didn't. But at midnight, somebody said at midnight. There's a God moment just about to happen because at midnight, they began to pray. Oh, Lord, we're in the prison. Come on, Noah. <laughs> we're in the jail. We're in the jailhouse now. We got to get out of this situation. They prayed. Somebody say that was Paul and Silas's natural resources, prayer. But they did something they were not good at. And that was they sang praises at midnight. Now, ladies and gentlemen, folks that are in prison are not very kind. I got a sneaky feeling when Paul and Silas started singing, somebody shouted from the back, did you flunk out of choir in kindergarten? I mean, can you, it's midnight, dude. Cut your lights out. My ears are pounding from your trash that's coming out of your mouth. But ladies and gentlemen, Paul and Silas kept pulling on the chains. And they kept praying and singing praises unto God. And ladies and gentlemen, while they were just acting like they were praising God, when Paul and Silas also realized that their hands came together, because the chains fell off their hands. And they recognized there's no chains on my feet. And when they did that, the door opened on its own accord. That was a God moment. Come on, everybody stand. Let's give God some praise. Thanks, Noah. You can be seated. Could I just open up the Webster's Dictionary for you this morning? If you look under the dictionary, there is a word called worse. This is where Paul had already got, he's bleeding in the back. He's got tough times going on. But his worst is yet to come. The next day, he's going to die. But at midnight, Paul and Silas begin to pray. And they begin to sing praises. And when you get home and look in your dictionary, find out that in between worse and worst is worship. So when hell comes against you, just start praising him. When the enemy thinks he's got you, just start praising him. 
When I first started studying for this sermon, this is what the Holy Ghost spoke to me when I read this scripture. He told me that every time you go to church, there are prisoners there. What? God, you mean in this audience that we have here, there's somebody that may be bound by drugs, alcohol, depression, or problems? Yes, they're here. I don't know who you are. That's not my main objective for today. I just came here to let you know that if you are in between worse and worst, it'll take worship to get out of it. The miracle at midnight was not that the chains came out, Paul. Was not that they came off silence. It wasn't that the doors were open. But every prisoner lost their chains. Every prisoner had their door opened up. I confess maybe there's a certain age you get where you get too old to worship. But it's not at 65, I can tell you that. You can be seated. I got one more story. And then the music's coming. I'm all done. I'm exhausted. I'm still preaching at daylight before, before the afternoon. I'm sorry. I hang around young people. They believe in have a lot of fun. They like to have it fast, though. We don't care about it lasting all day. Is this all right? You doing okay? You're still alive? Keep breathing. <laughs> Heard a story of a man who was a Satan worshiper. True story. Satan worshiper. He told me the story. He said, I went to a seance one night. And out of the fire came Abraham Lincoln. Now believe it or not, you, you don't have to believe it. It's just, he told me this. I wasn't there when it happened. But he told me it's a true story. He said, Abraham Lincoln came out. He said, did you know that Abraham Lincoln studied dark magic back then? I said, no, I didn't. He came out of the fire and spoke to us. We thought, wow, this is crazy. And he had seen so many things that the devil had done till he thought the devil had all power. He said, one night I was, we were around a seance and a little bitty ball of fire jumped out of the fire and started going round and round and around the fire. And he punched his buddy and he said, what's that? And his buddy said, that's Satan. He said, that's Satan, that little six-inch ball of fire? That's all Satan is? And he said, yep, that's him. So this same guy had long ponytails and he was bragging to somebody one day about how powerful it was to worship the devil. And he ran into a lady that was going to an apostolic church and said, sir, if you think he's got power, you just need to come up on top of that hill. When we have in church. And he looked at him and he said, you're crazy, lady. But he showed up in the back of the church ponytails, long hair. He came in with one goal. I'm criticizing everything that happens. He saw a guy beating a guitar. looked like he was missing a string. He said, these folks are pitiful. It's horrible. He saw a lady up on the uh, platform playing a tambourine, and she didn't quite have all of her teeth. But she was praising God. He said, is that what comes to this church? These are crazy-looking people. But he said, all of a sudden, there was a lady on the front of the church he said, I don't know what got into the woman, but she screamed with everything she had. Yeah! And he said, when she screamed, I froze. 
I don't know what that woman did. I just had a free, I couldn't even move. And said so she took off running down the aisle. And when she passed by me, I thought, man, what was that that I felt when she came by me? What was that feeling? And she ran out in the parking lot. He could hear her outside screaming, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And then when she had stopped screaming in the parking lot, he decided, it's time to go. And he took a left turn and went out the door. And as soon as he hit the door, the woman came back in. Said, sir, what you're looking for is not out that door. What you're looking for is up around that altar. He started shaking his head. No, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want no part of this. But the lady grabbed him by the hand and said, come on, we're going. She drug him up to the altar. He was shaking. No, shake your head. No, you okay? Not your arm, your head. Come on, come on, come on. He was shaking. No, I'm not going. I'm not going. We got, they got him to the altar and said, now lift up your hands. He said, no, I don't want none of this stuff. I don't want no part of it. And the lady said, would you just say Jesus? He said, I don't want to say that. The lady says, I'm not asking you if you want to say it. Say Jesus. And it scared him so bad that he started saying Jesus. Jesus. He kept saying Jesus. Jesus. And then he started speaking in tongues. When he left that day, this was his testimony. I heard Pentecostal singing. They didn't move me. I heard Pentecostal preaching. They didn't seem to move me. But when that one woman stepped out in that aisle and began to pray, my chains started falling off of my hands. Those chains started falling off of my feet. Come on, let's stand, would you? The musicians are coming. I'm just about done. I don't know if y'all do this here, Grace, or not. I may be out of control if I am. Y'all help me out, would you? Would you just act like you do anyhow? I don't know if there's anybody in here that ever gets out in the aisle and don't care what anybody else thinks. And you start worshiping, praising God. I'm not going to point out the young people because I know they would do it. But you got to realize when you worship God and you magnify. Let me get over here for this man over here. I got to get over here for Moses. Moses knows all about this stuff. Come on, Moses, can you help me out? What country are you from? Where's Moses at? Oh, he's outside. Is he outside? That's all right. He ain't got no time. You, you'll do. What's your name? All right, Wayne. Where are you from, Wayne? Oh, good. That's great, great. You know what? Every once in a while, we got to step out in the aisle and give God some praise. And all the time, it may not be just for you. I don't know if I should be asking anybody. Is there anybody in this building that'd like to step out in the aisle and say, I'm fixing to worship? I'm fixing to give God some praise. Because when Paul and Silas praised, the prisoners back here on row three got set free. Somebody back here on row seven in the prison, they were set free. Down in row 11, death row, you deserve to die, but somebody prays. And broke my chains.
broke my chains. Come on, let's lift up our name. Let's give God some praise, would you? Somebody step out in the aisle and begin to praise him, would you? Somebody step out and give him some glory. God, I'm glad you're here. Shout hallelujah. How do you know this happened? Because the Bible said it did. But when the keeper of the prison walked in and saw that everybody was free, Paul stepped up and said, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Every murderer was still in his cell, every rapist was still in his cell. Whatever power that was, it unlocked my doors and broke my chains. What a God moment at midnight. Anybody would like for a God moment to happen in your life? They're fixing to sing. I just wish somebody would open up your mouth and begin to praise God. And when you start feeling liberty and power, you're breaking somebody's chains. Come on, let's praise you. Would you come on, lift up your hand?
Everybody worship the Lord. 